the health and wellness world is full of conflicting information, old research, and one-size-fits-all dogma that leaves people feeling lost, confused, pissed off, and frustrated. I'm here to help you solve the complex world of nutrition one conversation at a time by breaking down complex yet helpful concepts into easy-to-understand pieces with actionable tips and tricks. I'm your host, Kate Kroll. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner and truth seeker. I've worked with hundreds of clients over the last five years, and I'm so excited to share my knowledge and resources with you. Aside from nerding out on nutrition and empowering others to take charge of their own health, I'm also obsessed with entrepreneurship, self-improvement, sustainability, and living a life full of intention and authenticity, all of which we'll toss into our conversations here on the podcast. So sit back, grab a cup of your favorite kombucha, and let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I am talking with my good friend, Jen, who is the owner of Just Be Kitchen, an amazing paleo cafe in downtown Denver. Um, Jen has become a really amazing friend in the health and wellness space and just an awesome girlfriend to catch up with and grab coffee. And I'm so excited to have you on the podcast to talk a little bit about your story and how JBK came about and how you've survived the pandemic and what recipes you guys are creating and just a million other things. So thanks for being on the podcast today, Jen. Thank you for having me. It's, it's an honor. <laughs> it is. Yeah, no, it's great. I always love catching up and chatting with you. So tell us just a little bit about yourself when you started Just Be Kitchen. What was the vision? And just for people who don't live in Denver and maybe haven't been to the restaurant, what is it exactly? Sure. So we are hundred percent, and this is a mouthful. We're hundred percent gluten, grain, refined sugar, dairy, soy, corn, peanut, legume free restaurant in Denver. We're also the only restaurant in the state of Colorado that's whole 30 approved. If anyone knows the whole 30 program and, um, we currently have one location, but the goal is world domination, which <laughs> I laugh about, but no, really, I do want to bring this kind of food to communities everywhere. So, um, that's an exciting part of our, our plans for the future. Um, and then what brought me into this crazy, crazy, crazy business, um, I was living overseas. I was doing, um, athletics and, um, I was changing my own diet you know, and then in parallel, I was kind of having, I guess, like a early life crisis with my career. And I just thought I really want to do something that closes the gap between who I am and what I, what I do. Um, and so I wanted to start a wellness company. Hell yeah. So you moved to the <laughs> States and created JBK. I did. It took a couple of iterations. I, um, I actually went to MBA school and it was a, it was a class project that became a real project. Um, I did not think I was going to open up a restaurant. Um, I highly recommend everyone to really think about it before they do. <laughs> Cause it is crazy. It is crazy, but it's great. I have a corporate background. And so, um, and, and typically in the past, it's been mostly in tech. And so it's really fun to come into an industry, which, and really COVID accelerated the tech disruption in the restaurant industry, but it's fun to kind of take my tech background and marketing background into um, another industry. So, yeah. Hell yeah. And you guys were just on diners, drive-ins and dives right before the pandemic hit. We were, we were, we filmed in November of 2019 and we aired the Friday of the national shutdown. Yeah. <laughs> 
it's like we can laugh about it now but yeah that was I remember like we bought Just Be Kitchen and we sat at my parents living room or dining room and like we watched the entire episode and like got to see Eric on it and like we were just freaking out and we were like oh my god like we were like thank god Jen knows how to set up all this online ordering and shit quickly because we were just like holy crap this is gonna drive a lot of business and the pandemic (laughs) shutdowns like what the hell is gonna happen so crazy um so tell us just a little bit about pandemic experience in general for you like just the emotions like the roller coaster of it I mean you and I have chatted this many times (laughs) to share with everyone who's listening like what has the journey been like what have some of the challenges been what have some of like the positives been yeah so it's such a big it's such a big area, but we'll all try to break this down. So obviously there's shock, right? That happens right at first. Yeah. And um, a lot of my colleagues in the industry were saying, you know, in those early couple, like literally two, three days of when we were told to shut down, you know, my colleagues were like, shut down, furlough everyone, save your cash, um, you know, do it fast. Right. Yeah. And I toyed with that. Right? I mean, this is on the like mon- literally the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday that this was all kind of coming down. Um, and something just didn't feel right about that to me because I felt A, that I had a responsibility to the team and B, that we feel a responsibility to our customers. Um, it, you know, it's a health crisis and we make healthy food. Um, so I sat the team down, we took a vote. I said, how do you feel? If you're, are you afraid? Are you scared? I don't know what tomorrow brings. I don't know if we'll have to shut down tomorrow. I, I, I have no idea, but if you're happy operating day by day, let's give this a shot. And they hundred percent were like, we want to, we want to work. We want to do this. Let's make it work. So that's awesome. And I, and I get that every business has to make a different decision. I'm not suggesting that what we did was is right for every business, but it was right for us. Yeah. And so we stayed open. Um, and honestly, in many ways, because it was a health crisis and we produce anti-inflammatory food and food that boosts your immunity, for us it, in this weird way, it really brought us closer to our purpose. Um, and it helped, it made us operate more in terms of our vision of being a wellness company. I mean, yes, we're a restaurant where food is at our, our core. Um, but I've always seen the company and being able to offer, I don't want to say more than just food. Cause it's so hard to get food out the door, but you know, we, that's why we offer wellness events. We have wellness content. You know, we, we are very active on our social media in terms of content in the health and wellness space. So, yeah. um, it really brought us closer to that vision and our mission in terms of nourishing our communities. And yeah, I mean, that was the positive part of it. Hell yeah. And you guys launched those immunity boxes that people could purchase and donate to healthcare workers and firefighters and police officers and people on the front line. Super cool. So what did you guys have in those immunity boxes just to kind of recap, like just to kind of throw out there, like what did you guys offer to support and boost the immunity of people on the front lines and I mean you guys also still offer a lot of these things today like your food is nourishing and super just by nature but what did you guys have in those boxes again yeah so we so we actually worked with Dr. Sayana at Prime Health Mm -hmm. and we we 
we collaborated in terms of creating dishes in those boxes that were really high in antiviral and, and um, immunity boosting ingredients. So we just tweaked some dishes to have, we had like a really heavy garlic dish. Um, uh, we had uh, a carrot ginger soup in there. Um, we had bone broth for gut health during that time. We had um, golden milk powder, you know, with the turmeric and um, cinnamon and everything. Um, and then we just had, we had, you know, dishes that had were really veggie focused and, um, you know, all just obviously everything that we do is anti-inflammatory, but it was just kind of like a souped up version, particularly with garlic and ginger and um, it, anti and turmeric and cinnamon and good anti-inflammatory herbs and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome stuff. We donated, well, Stu donated a lot just through his, you guys were amazing, but <laughs> well, it's just easy. I mean, you guys made it really easy to, you know, it was just every time we were like, we want to support our friends that are working in the medical community. Cause we have so many friends that are nurses, doctors, surgeons mm. in the Denver area that every single time we thought about it, it was like, call Jen, call up JBK. We're going to order this from you guys because there was really, I don't want to act like there was no other restaurant that was doing what you guys were doing. Cause I think everyone was binding together in the Denver community to support one another, but it was just like, as a practitioner in the health and wellness space, it was just like, uh, yeah, we're just, we're going to go with that. We're going to go with what Jen is offering because we know that that would be like, if I were to home make something for people that I cared about, mm -hmm. it would pretty much be you know, not as good and not as high quality and creative as what you guys do, but it would be something to that effect. And I just think it's amazing that you guys took that initiative to offer something so nourishing and nutrient dense and anti-inflammatory during the crisis. So mm. that was awesome. And how did you guys, I mean, from the outside looking in, obviously we know there's back-end chaos and stuff, but it seemed like you guys were growing and doing well. I don't know like how you felt like it was um, and how like sales were during that time. But I feel like every single time I went to go pick up Just Be Kitchen or we got it to go, it was like, you guys had a new window open and there's like tons of people. Like, I just feel like you guys did such a great job adapting through everything and taking care of your employees and taking care of the community despite all of the chaos. So how was just adapting with the changes and making frequent consistent changes while also like trying to keep sales up. I mean, I, hindsight, I feel like you guys crushed it doing that. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I mean, how was all of that? It was, I mean, it's, it was hard. And I have to say that this team, like, I get a little emotional talking about it because they just, they just did it. I mean, you know, I can't do that alone. Um, they are the most resilient, committed, motivated individuals, you know, and just, I mean, uh, you know, chef chase and, um, you know, and Katie, and they just were like, okay, okay. We have to do this. Okay. You know, because you know, you, and everyone goes through, I think the pandemic is like, it was a kind of a stage of grief, right? So everybody is, is shocked. And then, um, there's parts where you're in disillusionment and then, and then parts of anger and, and sure we were having all of those as individuals internally as well. And you just have to work with the team to say, I get it. I mean, we had a, 
I've actually never talked about what I'm about to say, but we had this, uh, we call it, we fondly call it cider gate at the restaurant, which, um, you know, mom was gone, EGB, <laughs> and uh, my head of operations was gone and, and Chase is gone. And, um, you know, the team like kind of broke into some ciders and, and had like a, a, like a release, you know? And I think when I, we found out obviously, and nobody denied it and everyone just said, yeah, yeah, we just, you know, we just, just felt like having a few ciders and, um, <laughs> yeah. So we call it cider gate now, but, um, you know, and then of course I, I had a, a conversation with the team and I just said, look, I get it. It's a release, right? Like we had not stopped from day one. And that was about three, four weeks into the pandemic. And, um, these guys were working, they were actually working long hours because we're making all these changes and you have to give the team the space to, to make those mistakes and to have those releases, you know? And I think we just were able to do that as a leadership team and they just, you know, we're like, okay, we're back in this, like we're committed to nourishing our guests and we just kept going and going. But I, I do say that we were last year a marketing company that manufactured food because we just kept pivoting and pumping out programs to, um, again, it's, it's for the team, right? Like we're trying to create jobs and opportunities for that team to stay employed. So we were lucky that we did. Yeah. I mean, you guys, I feel like every time we when it was like oh there's a new like they have the window now that they're serving things through it was like through the back door and then it was like you guys had that little like the shelving outside yeah. like every there's just so yeah. many generations of pivoting and I feel like when it comes to business and entrepreneurship that's one of the things that is required of you kind of at all times but was especially required of entrepreneurs during COVID yeah. and I think your ability to as an entrepreneur to say like, okay, it's not going to work this way. We have to pivot or like let that failed or this didn't work. We're going to have to shift this way. And being able to lead a team through something like that is really like what I would imagine. I mean, would keep a business running or not running through something mm. crazy as a pandemic. I mean, what a completely unprecedented time for so many business owners. Um, so, I mean, aside from the team being so helpful and awesome and all of the different things that you guys have worked through and pivoting, what do you feel like kind of allowed you to be super successful at, you know, making it through the pandemic? Because there were so many restaurants, especially that were unable to make it through the pandemic. What do you feel like, you know, top three, top five things, whatever those might be. Um, what were those top things that really allowed you guys to you know, maybe it didn't feel like thriving, but you guys made it through and you're doing yeah. well and restaurants still open and still super busy every time I'm there. So what, what allowed you to, to do that? So I think, I think firstly, you know, we're in the fast casual space. So we had been doing takeout prior to the pandemic and, um, this is pure luck. We were, my ops manager and I were having conversations with delivery comp, like a delivery company to do our own delivery um, literally weeks before the pan, the shutdown that by pure coincidence. So when the shutdown happened, we were able to enact delivery on the Tuesday. So right away, mm -hmm. um, with a flip of a button, cause we had already been forming contracts and having discussions. And, and so that was really fantastic. And 
I mean, frankly, it was lucky. You know, we were already looking into that as a service and the timing just lined up. So, um, so I think that really helped. And I also think it helped that we had prior to the pandemic, um, a way to communicate with customers through social media and our own customer newsletter list. Um, because when you're shut down and you can't talk to customers coming in, um, it's really hard to get across like what you're doing. So we were lucky that we already had those marketing channels set up to be able to communicate. So I think that was huge. The second thing I think is what we kind of touched on was that this really aligned us very close to our vision. Like we produce anti-inflammatory immune boosting food. We're now in the, like the biggest health crisis from, you know, when, since I've been alive. Um, And I think, I mean, there's a whole other conversation, which is, I feel like we missed like America missed the mark on talking to consumers about everything that you can do to create a healthy lifestyle. But for us in our microcosm of Just Be Kitchen, you know, we really felt like we could talk about that. That was in our wheelhouse and we could communicate and we could liaise with customers on that and we could do immunity boxes and we could talk on, you know, the news about how to boost your immunity. And so we we really felt like in our little world, we were able to really talk about health and lifestyle choices. And, and so that I think was another, another, you know, reason why we were able to, to keep in touch with customers and keep them interested during, you know, a health crisis. Um, I mean, I'd say that those are the top, I think the top two reasons, and I, I don't know, I, I, it's really tough because I know so many small businesses have struggled during the pandemic and every business is different. Um, but I, I would say, so I don't want to, so when I say these things, I'm not criticizing other companies, but I think a third reason that we did okay is we, we stayed open, you know, and we then were able to have the communication with customers. And I think the transparency with my team and that just the team was able to like, to operate, you know, because I, I, there's many days I just said, I don't know. Like, I have no idea what we do. I don't know. Um, I don't know. Let's try this. I think that sounds like a good idea. We might get it wrong, you know, and we, in, in some ways we were able to allow team members to take on tasks that were more than what they would originally completely different and, or more than what they were originally, you know, hired for what they do on a day-to-day basis. And it really allowed us to like, I mean, the ideas coming from team members, you know, I mean, my beverage head was like, Hey, let's do quarantine kits, you know, and we were able to get creativity from multiple team members where typically that's like at the leadership level. And so that was really awesome to, for the team to feel completely empowered. They came forward with ideas. We tested them. Some of them flopped, whatever, you know, and then you just move forward. So I think that openness and transparency with the team was, was helpful because it gets them motivated and involved. Yeah, for sure. No, I love that. I love that it's kind of like one of those, you know, everybody has to step up and you get to see what other people are capable of, whereas you maybe normally wouldn't have totally activity that other people have to offer. Um, and so how has the transition been? I mean, not that we're like through this crap. I mean, I <laughs> personally like 2021 is way more stressful than 2020 in some ways, like both very stressful in their own right. But 
How has the employment issue been? I know, like, I mean, you and I both know so many other entrepreneurs and business owners. It's just like our circle of friends because <laughs> we're all a little crazy and like to stick our heads yeah. out and like put it on the chopping block and see what we can accomplish. But pretty much everyone that I know who has a business is having a hard time with hiring. Um, and there's so many different things that go into that. So how has that process been for you? Um, are you guys having a hard time hiring people, keeping work? Like what has that journey been just to kind of share with, you know, other entrepreneurs that are listening to this and other business owners that can resonate and for people that are maybe like super detached and haven't heard a story like this at all throughout the entire pandemic. Totally. Um, okay. So 2021 has been, I would say the hardest year I've ever had to operate. It was not last year. I mean, last year was hard for sure but this year has been way hard. Like it, it's a different kind of hard. Um, so we didn't furlough anybody, but when we came into this year, what does that um, mean? So just, furlough, just to like oh, layoff. Yeah. So we didn't let anyone go during the pandemic because we, we stayed open. Yep. Um, we had to streamline our hours and stuff like that, but we didn't, we didn't let anyone go. Um, and so we have, you know, a pretty nimble team, but coming into January for us, January is a really big month because it's whole 30 it's, you know, new year, healthy. Um, and so my team were really, really stretched thin, um, at the beginning of this year. And normally when we post, so we, we needed to hire additional staff. Um, and so normally when we post a job application, we get like 35 within a few, 35 applications within a few hours. We were getting like 35, like one application a week. Like it was completely crazy. What do you think is contributing to that? Like people just being freaked out about coming back and being around other people or, I mean, cause it's not like, it's not like there's like a, you know, lack of people needing jobs at this point. I mean, what do you think contributed? Yeah. So I think, I think there's three things. Um, I think one thing that people probably don't realize, and I'm really speaking for restaurant and hospitality is it is the second largest employer in America outside of the federal government. When you take all of the restaurants and hospitality and just like individual companies put together, it is literally the second biggest employer outside the federal government. When you, when the government makes a decision to shut that industry down overnight and many, many businesses for their own reasons laid off multiple workers within hours, you know, there's a couple of things in my opinion that have happened. One, you create disillusionment on, of, of these individuals, like no job security, right? Cut, furlough, go. And I think that has wrecked havoc on an industry. And I think we're going to feel that effect for quite some time because for the people who didn't necessarily go on unemployment, but who really wanted to, who, you know, who wanted to work during that time, that decision with the shutdown then gave larger employers like Costco's and Amazon's and, um, you know, the ability to absorb extra labor, you know, so we have heard from like our vendors that they don't have delivery drivers because they, you know, they're smaller businesses. Those went to UPS and FedEx and USPS, right? So they're having a hard time getting the labor back from those larger employers that remained open and were able to absorb that additional labor. So so I think, you know, number one is like a lot of disillusionment um, and, you know, understandably so, 
right? It's, that is really hard. And that is like the the biggest employer outside the federal government literally being closed down overnight. Yeah. Yeah. Really tough. Second is, you know, you have larger employers that were able to absorb a lot of that. And then definitely, I think, you know, the unemployment extension and top-ups certainly didn't help. You know, I mean, and I can't speak for other states, but in Colorado that has extended until early September. And so that was definitely helping. And, and, and um, it, it wasn't really the top of, it was more of the absolute, you know, rubber, I, this isn't a political poke, but it was the rubber stamping of any and all applications because there are jobs out there um, and that that didn't help matters at all for us to hire. You mean, you mean like government assistance financially for people who are unemployed getting paid to like I don't I'm not familiar with the laws that are going on in Colorado with this since I you know sure. I have 99 contractors that work for me not W2 employees and I only have two people on my team but what yeah. are you referring to like people getting paid as like government support during the pandemic and because of that not working and not like applying to jobs is that what you've noticed yeah so there's two aspects to it one is there was a, a federal um, top up to the unemployment rate. So unemployment is a percentage of your, your income, um, that you get paid based on your income, but there was a federal top up to that, um, of $600 and then $300, which extended until the 6th of September of, of 2021. Is that so per month? it's per week. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a top up on that. And then in addition to that, in the state of Colorado, there was an executive order by the governor to um, to rubber stamp any and all claims that came through. So that meant that claims that weren't necessarily related to a pandemic, like a furlough or being, you know, being laid off, they were being approved because and, and it was for good reason why this executive order was put in last year. It was just process everything as a yes mm-hmm. to support the claim so that we can expedite the process and make sure that we get people paid quickly, given the degree of the layoffs that were happening. Yeah. As we're coming into 2021, labor markets are opening again. People are trying to hire and, you know, it just didn't make sense, in my opinion, to have that executive order extend for so long. Um, you know, so that meant like, even if people quit their place of employment, which typically when you quit, you, you don't receive that benefit. They were still getting rubber stamped to, to, to get benefit. Um, yeah. So that I think didn't help matters. What was already complicated by understandable disillusionment and larger employers being able to, um, absorb a lot of this labor, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it just, you know, I think it's really, it's unfortunate. And I also think, you know, if you look back at 2008 recession, um, there's a lot of people who are able to start their own businesses during that time. And I think, you know, when you have the, the shutdown, a lot of people were like, well, I don't know when we're going to be able to go back to work. So, yeah. you know, I, I personally believe that in the next you know year or two, we're going to see some great entrepreneurial businesses and this has enabled that. So we have lost workforce um, to individual aspirations. And, and I can't blame people. Like, what a great opportunity to start your own company. Yeah, for sure. And it's like yeah. easier now than ever before 
to do that, which is kind of crazy. And I was, I mean, I'm always like just thinking and ideas and all sorts of different things running through my brain all the time, just like nonstop shit going on in my mind. And I was driving the other day thinking about how much I feel like the pandemic has accelerated people doing things online from like groceries to business to meeting people to meetings to like everything, every part of social life and practical, like real tangible life has been totally online. And it freaks me out about what the future looks like. And, you know, I'm one of these people, I have an online business largely. Um, And it makes me wonder if we're like gonna over time be investing too much time in this virtual reality of online business and the reality of real life and tangible things are going to start to diminish and you know who the hell knows what that'll actually look like but it's an interesting thing to think about and I feel like that's where a lot of the energy and effort is kind of going is trending in that direction of like you know restaurants shutting down and like things being replaced and things being online and things being automated and I saw this hilarious meme the other day that was like you know, 50% of the population is like, let's go technology. We love it. Like off in one direction. And then the other half of the population is like, I'm going to buy some land and have some cows and like live off grid and go back to simple life. So it's an interesting, it's an interesting time. And I think every generation deals with unprecedented weird shit that feels like, oh my God, what the hell? The sky is falling. But yeah, what a weird, what a weird time. It's just like, Well, and I mean, I struggle with this as a restaurant owner, right? And that's someone who wants to expand and bring the kind of nourishment that we do into various communities. Like, is the future dining? Do people not want to have a restaurant experience? Do they just want to get the to-go and then sit at home? So we, you know, we've had those conversations internally in terms of what that looks like. I think that people do want to connect in a space. Hell yeah, I do. Yeah, I think people genuinely, genuinely do want that. Yeah. but in order to do that, that means that you also have to have a worker that doesn't want to work on, I mean, because unfortunately in the restaurant industry, you can't make food virtually, right? I mean, maybe in, maybe maybe we'll get 3D printers at some point that make food, but oh God, um, please. <laughs> well, <laughs> that is actually being trialed, not with us, but I'm just saying generally, oh, yes, I don't know enough about it, but it is being trialed, yes. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, when you, when you look at that experience, you have to think about, okay, there are people behind all of the, the food that's being made in the restaurants. And so really what I'm focusing on is how to make that experience for employees um, one that is desirable to come into a brick and mortar place to work versus doing it online. And the restaurant industry, we've, we've always kept hours, you know, 8am to 7pm, which is, which is a really kind hours for, you know, restaurant industry, but you know, a lot of restaurants who are open to like 2am, that's a really hard schedule for many people to keep. Um, And so I think one thing from the pandemic is a lot of restaurants in the industry have thought about, okay, you know, is this healthy for our workers? Like, does this make sense? Do people really need to be serviced 24 seven? Does the consumer need to be serviced 24 seven? Like, you know, I, I lived overseas most of my life and 24 hour service is not that common, you know, for the health and well being of workers. And so I think that's a huge focus of mine is, is how do I make it still attractive for people to come into a brick and mortar location and work and make sure that our model is still giving 
you know, great customer service and nourishing the community, but making some tweaks to make it a, a better place to work and not such, you know, grueling hours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, restaurant industry traditionally is like just absolutely gut-wrenching for a lot of people. That's actually what I did when we lived in DC. I worked at a farm-to-table restaurant um, founding farmers in DC and it's like, mm. I don't think, I mean, I worked my ass off way harder in my business than I did there, but in a different way, that was like, oh my God, we'd have like two, three hundred covers in night and just chaos. I mean, like people who haven't worked in customer service and in the restaurant industry who like, don't get it. Like, I don't know. I just, I feel like everyone should work in the restaurant industry at some point in their lives because yeah. it's like humbling. You learn how to communicate with other people. You learn high quality customer service. You learn how to connect with others. Like you appreciate the process. You, I mean, like the back end just R and D and ordering and getting things together and recipe development and kicking it out. And like, all of it is just pieces of a web that you just can't even comprehend unless you've worked in that industry. Mm. So, I mean, yeah, I think it's awesome that you have hours that are, you know, reasonable. I feel like there's so many people in the restaurant industry that fall into addiction and alcoholism and drugs and all sorts really? of things just to keep themselves going. Like half the people that I worked with at my restaurant were definitely had alcohol issues. We're definitely doing drugs. Definitely. I mean, it's just, it's, it's rampant in that industry. And I think it's largely because of how rough it is. Like it's intense. It's an intense world. So it's cool that that's, you know, it sounds like one of the pros coming out of the pandemic is thinking about how to create a healthier culture for the people that are working in restaurants moving forward. Totally. Is awesome. Totally. I mean, I think, look, I think overnight furloughs slash layoffs on the shutdown was just horrific, right? God, yeah. And and it's gonna take a long time. The reverberations of that are, you know, we're still being felt. And I think the pandemic has given an opportunity and I really hope create some change in the industry to offer employees a better environment through streamlined hours, through, um, you know, better benefits. You know, we, we have, you know, we look, we've never, not always done things right. Right. But we, you know, we have free chiropractic for our, for our employees. We have, you know, we have paid time off. I have, you know, those are not really common things in the industry. And I think both a healthcare crisis and, um, you know, just employers trying to, to hire labor right now is you have to have more attractive benefits that in insecurity that really hasn't really been existent in the restaurant industry. So I think it's twofold, you know, um, I, I, I think there's some, it was some catastrophic things that happened, but I think it, it hopefully emerges everybody in a much better fashion. Yeah. Um, but I think it's going to be a really tough market to hire, um, over the next couple of years, because I think we lost a lot of people in the industry given the government shutdown yeah yeah and 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 it wasn't just one shutdown you know it's like open close open close open close yeah. and that has created that that is not only hard on operators but the anxiety that that creates in an employee is is huge yeah. you know and i don't blame people for like hey i don't i, I can't do this i need to go to something that's stable whether that's unemployment or whether that's you know, a, um, 
you know, another, another industry job or starting their own business. Yeah. Yeah. Jeez. I hadn't even like think about that kind of, you know, getting ripped around. Um, you know, Stu and I are just lucky and blessed and have also worked our asses off to like, you know, have totally. independence. And I mean, for him being in real estate, like we didn't like so off the wall for Stu to be in real estate during this time, but like, we're just, you know, grateful and like very privileged and lucky and blessed, but have also worked our faces off to be where we're at, but it's stuff that's like, until you hear these stories, I don't think a lot of people are really thinking about like, yeah, for some people going on unemployment really was like the best option or like leaving and driving for FedEx was way better than working for some other delivery, small business, like, which is super sad because, you know, small businesses is what kind of keeps our communities running and going are so important. Um, So aside from all the pandemic stuff, you guys have a lot of fun things going on moving forward. And I know we were just chatting about before we started recording the podcast that all of your October fall seasonal flavors and recipes and drinks and everything are out now. So what do you guys, what do you guys have? And I random side note before you jump into that, I love that you guys switch up the menu and there's like always some fun new thing to look forward to, but you always keep like the, the good, like, I don't know, like the OG recipes in there for <laughs> keep enjoying, but you guys have all these new fun things. So anyway, what are the new fun things that you guys have coming up right now? Yeah. Well, OG, we'll never take that burrito off. Just so you know. So yeah, that's not going anywhere anytime soon as well. Um, <laughs> but we, so today we launched our first ever Halloween trick or treat bag, which I feel like was an opportunity to redeem myself when I moved to Denver. Well, my first year in my house, when I bought, um, I, I was like, all right, I'll do this trick or treat thing. I'll give out, you know, treats and my treats were bananas and, and non-sugar coated raisins. And um, <laughs> everyone's like, don't go to that house. She's got, the, bananas. <laughs> yeah, the kids were not freaking impressed like at all. And, um, I'm really lucky I didn't get fucking egged, you know? So I like my house getting egged, you know? So, <laughs> so this was an opportunity to, <laughs> redeem myself and offer um a trick-or-treat bag with actual candy in it but just without all the crud so um we launched that today and i'm super excited about it that's awesome what's in it we've got mini twix bars almond joys uh gummy bears actually no they're not bears they're gummy candies um my baker would kill me if i said bears but um and (laughs) (laughs) and um uh, rice crispy, non-rice rice crispy treats. Yeah. Munster treats. So it's fun. It's a fun little bag. Um, yeah. So this is, it's our first year doing that. So we've launched that today and then we have, um, our holiday bakery line is going to launch on the 1st of November and that's full of all of our seasonal bakery. You know, we, we take the Christmas favorites, like chocolate bark and kiss cookies and we're making a we're doing our first ever gingerbread man Ooh. yeah yeah um so that whole line will be launching in pies and everything um and then we have our thanksgiving boxes that we're launching and then for the first time we're going to be launching a cookie decorating kit which is really cool oh my god um, 
that's fun because we use, we use some really cool things to make dyes like uh, spirulina and matcha and turmeric. And so um, all natural dyes. So that'll be fun. Yeah. So Holy it's exciting. Amazing. That is awesome. And what was that? I was just in with Eric and Sarah and Sarah's family was in town. Um, and you were testing a new drink that had like orange zest in it and was it like the chocolate and orange zest latte or something is that what happened with that is it coming out did you (laughs) (laughs) you my dear are getting all the exclusives on these launches so I i can cut this out if we need to no, it's okay. So that's going to launch on our fall winter menu and it's our new, um, winter spice coffee. So. Oh shit. Well, exclusive here on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> blowing and ruining all of your surprises. No, it's good. I mean, it's Only fine. I like it. Secret that I know. I don't think I have any others that all. <laughs> oh my gosh. Too funny. Well, hell yeah. Yes. Well, how have you been? Like, how are you doing? Jen, the business owner, crushing it at JBK. How's <sighs> life? How's health? How are you doing? I will say I'm good, right? I'm lucky. I'm, I'm health. I mean, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I've been healthy. I've, I'm healthy in the grand scheme of things, you know, I'm yeah. still always working on my health, but I'm healthy in the grand scheme of things. Um, and we're alive and, you know, we're kicking. Um, but I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I'm really looking at some good time away. Cause this has been, you know, I think all business owners right now are just like you, we thought last year was, you know, the sprint, but it was like a sprinting marathon. And then this year you're still running, but you're just not getting as far. So (laughs) between the labor and the sourcing challenges and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, I'm this, this has been a, it's been actually a really kind of rough year personally, just kind of going through all this because you're tired. Yeah. And again, it makes you think like as a small business owner, is this worth it? Is this what I'm meant to do? (laughs) Should I, you know, go get a farm somewhere a piece of land somewhere and just yeah. check out and I'll do it build my own. <laughs> please don't stop jbk but whenever you're ready to pivot i'm i'm here for the farm um <laughs> well we can talk like <laughs> <laughs> um but i mean you know i think it brings you to that and i and i what i was gonna say is is there's definitely been times this year that i'm like is this worth it is this you know and then it it makes you realize okay yeah this is what i want to do you know, yes, I need to make some changes. Yes. I need to take more self-care for myself. And, but yeah, I see the vision and I see that there's nothing else that I would want to do. Yeah. I think that's what separates, you know, people who are just like kicking through it and are, as we would refer to as quote unquote successful is people that just like you push through the shit that you don't think that you could, you're pushing through shit that Mm. people would be like, fuck this and then go do something different or leave or sell it or whatever like there's so much in the behind the scenes of having a successful running business that I think so many people don't see that is so important to recognize of just like the grit and the perseverance and getting knocked down a million bajillion times I mean totally I feel like entrepreneurship for me personally and I know, you know, you feel similarly because we've had these conversations. It's 
Like if you've got some shit that needs to be healed and looked at, good fucking luck when you become an entrepreneur because it will get dug up and you will have to deal with it. Like Front and center. All across the board. Not like, oh, this business challenge was hard. Like not even talking about business, just like you getting in your own way, old patterns, childhood shit. Like if you want to work through some shit, be an entrepreneur. <laughs> like Totally. A hundred percent. I mean, we've, I've talked about that with you with, yeah. with, uh, you know, I, and I'm very open about the fact that like, you know, I had a lot of abandonment healing to do yeah. and you come into a restaurant industry where, um, you know, customers can abandon you if, if you do one thing wrong, but yeah. employees, you know, this is an industry that, and, and generation where, you know, it's very common for walkouts or no-shows and stuff like that. And I'm like, okay. So it has, you know, over the years, like really brought all that out and it's been a healing. Um, you're right. It's like a mirror, like entrepreneurship is like a mirror of all your wounds. It's like, ha, 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 ha. here you go. <laughs> You wanted a challenge. Here you go, bitch. Have fun. Yes. Like, yeah. So oh my God. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I was just listening to someone sent me um, a video clip from Tony Robbins and I was like, I really wanted to listen to it. So I like jumped in my car, plugged it in, was listening to it on YouTube. And it just reminded me of going to that Tony Robbins event with you. Is that in 2019? I think it was like 2018. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That was wild. That was such a cool event. But that's like, you know, the shit that entrepreneurs do behind the scenes to like keep themselves going, keep the team going, keep the business going. Like it's, I don't know. I can't imagine doing life any other way. And so grateful to know other wild, crazy, committed, passionate people like yourself to mm. journey with. It's been, you know, awesome to get to know you and hear more about your story and just super proud of you for your growth and commitment to JBK and thriving through, you know, maybe not thriving as you might not put it, but, um, you know, pivoting and successfully transitioning through literally one of the most, if not the most challenging times in history with restaurants and small business. So thank awesome. you. Well, thank you. That's very kind and sweet of you. And you know, I love you. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. You use the word thrive. Actually my word of the year, I choose a word of the year every year. And my word of the year last year was thrive. Oh, and no. yeah. And I said at the end of the year, I actually felt like I did thrive last year. It didn't look the way when I set my intentions at the beginning of the year and I chose my word and I wrote, I, I put things into, I put my intentions into buckets and then um, talk about the feeling that I want from those intentions. And so I, it didn't look that way exactly at the end of the year, yeah. but given everything, I'm very grateful because I feel like we, we did thrive, um, yeah. in terms of our processes, in terms of the team, like just different ways. I, I really do. So I'm, I, I'm proud to use that word because I felt like we, we were, <sighs> And, and listen, you know, everyone had a little, people had luck on their side too. Like we yeah. definitely had hard work and we had luck. Um, but I, I feel like we did thrive as a team. Yeah. Yeah. Always was a great time going in. I mean, it's always a great time going to JBK, but it made my heart really happy to be able to go there and see you guys busy throughout the pandemic. Thank you. It's like just the way that you pivoted, it was like, holy shit, like Jen is killing <laughs> these new ideas and like taking care of people and taking care of the community. Mm -hmm. It was really awesome. 
Um, is there anything going on with JBK that you want to take some time to promote or share or talk about? I feel like we kind of already talked about upcoming fall stuff, but is there any other things you guys have going on? Oh, I mean, we've got, we have our fall winter menu changeover at the end of October, like basically from today until the end of the year, if anyone is interested in learning more about us, follow us on, on social media at Just Be Kitchen, subscribe to the newsletter, because there's going to be launches just nonstop of everything. So it'll be, it'll be super exciting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, that's probably about it, but it's a lot coming up. Hell Yeah. And the last question that I have for you, I don't know if you're allowed to share this, this might be a secret too, but how the hell do you make your tortillas so flimsy and amazing for all of your burritos <laughs> and everything and wraps? Like if you guys haven't been to Just Be Kitchen and had Jen's wraps, like they taste like wraps. They're absolutely amazing. They're like flexible. They don't like rip and break. They're not flimsy or brittle. Like it literally doesn't make any sense to me that you have a grain-free paleo wrap that works so well and doesn't fall apart. Like what, how do you guys make them? <laughs> that is secret, my dear. And that is with a lot of love that we make them. <laughs> wow. A lot of JBK love. Are there any like main ingredients? They're almond flour based. No shit, really. You didn't know that? I guess I did. I thought there was like, I don't know, the way that it like is bendy, I thought there was like something else in there, like cassava or tapioca. But I'll I'll stop probing. We'll we'll keep it a secret. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you so for being on the podcast and sharing your journey through the pandemic and sharing your heart and passion. I appreciate you so much. And I appreciate you so much. Thank you. I'm so grateful that we've gotten to know each other over these years and, and health and wellness in, in Denver. So thank you for all you do for the community too. For sure. For sure. We are, we're a strong little unit out here. It's pretty freaking great. I like never imagined that I'd have such a strong interwoven, unique, like health and wellness sphere around me. Um, it's just kind of crazy from like restaurant owners to functional medicine doctors, to acupuncturists, to therapists, totally. body workers to like, oh my God, it's just, we're so lucky to have such an awesome community in Denver, but yeah, very grateful for There's you. There's such a community that I'm, I'm holding on to the idea of a vision that we work together closely someday, very closely within yep. that community. There's another secret. <laughs> Yeah, we'll have to, there may be a Kate Kroll Company, JBK collaboration in the future. Yeah, I'm holding on to that idea. I know you are. I am too. I'm like, can we make it work? Can we do this? Can my <laughs> get our shit together? Let's go. Um, <laughs> but hell yeah. Well, cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on and excited to share all this with everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found something encouraging, supportive, educational, or inspirational from tuning in today. If you haven't already subscribed to the podcast or left us a review, I would love to hear from you. You can keep in touch with me over on Instagram at whatkate8 or connect with me through my website at katecroll.com. Looking forward to our next episode and I hope you have a wonderful day.